Hello and welcome to Giving Ventures, a podcast to help you grow your giving and change the world for the better. Each episode, we share innovative charitable efforts leveraging private philanthropy to solve public problems. I'm your host, Peter Lipset, Vice President at Donors Trust. This show is a product of Donors Trust, the oldest and largest donor advised fund focused on helping conservative and libertarian donors of all capacities simplify, protect, and grow their giving. My colleagues and I talk with a lot of groups doing great work. This show lets us share a bit of what we learned with you so you can discover new projects for your own philanthropy. How do you create the next generation of entrepreneur? Entrepreneurship is something that is innate in certain people who just have the risk profile and the go get them attitude to be great entrepreneurs. But that's not true of everybody. There are plenty of us who need a little push, need a little training, need to just understand how to expand our thinking in terms of being an entrepreneur and starting something new, whether that's within a company or, or starting a business. Well, I'm excited today to feature two groups that are working on this frontier, Lemonade Day and Libertas Institute's Children's Entrepreneurship Market. These are two really neat programs that are offering school kids a way to to build those entrepreneurship muscles, to test the waters of risk-taking and putting a product out there and seeing who's going to buy it. Both are really neat, really cool. You'll hear some similarities between the two, but also they approach things a little different as well. And I think you're really going to enjoy digging into what they are doing to really expand the thinking of kids across the country. And of course, with Connor Boyack, as you'll hear, it's more than just the entrepreneurship market. With Libertas, he's got a number of other f- projects like the Tuttle Twins that are pushing these same ideas. So let's jump in. The great archetype of the kid entrepreneur is one doling out ice cold lemonade in his or her front yard. Our first guest today grabs onto that image. Lemonade Day uses the tried and true lemonade stand to instill the principles of entrepreneurship and leadership in kids across the country, uh, and in fact, across three countries. Since its founding in 2007, more than a million and a half kids have taken part in uh, Lemonade Day activities in 90 plus communities, probably more now. Uh, Nicole Kassir Mason is the CEO of Lemonade Day and is here to talk to me. So, Nicole, why don't you give us at the high level, how does Lemonade Day work? Lemonade Day is preparing our youth for life through this unique entrepreneurial and experiential program that's infused with life skills, character development, financial and business literacy, career exploration, and mentorship. It's that that beautiful, innovative hybrid model that really combines STEM, social, emotional learning, and project-based education to, to bring the spirit of entrepreneurship and that important growth mindset in our children all by way of a lemonade stand. As you said, that most quintessential first business for entrepreneurs where we package it up in a way where we're educating kids without them feel like feeling like they're being educated. What's the origin story? I mean, how did this come about? We've had lemonade stands for a long time, so... Exactly. Well, uh, while that is not too novel of a concept, what was inspired was through our founder, Michael Holthouse. He is a Houston entrepreneur and investor that actually he invented Paranet, a computer network services company that sold to Sprint. And he actually was inspired by an experience with his daughter who attempted to run her own lemonade stand business in hopes of growing her turtle farm. 
So when I say it literally started with a turtle, that is not an understatement because his daughter found in that experience, she was not quite so successful in her business venture. And Michael, our founder, discovered a major gap, not only in his own teaching of his own children, but also in the education system that was not effectively preparing children for life. As a successful businessman and a kid and kids that went to the best private schools, they were still lacking these essential concepts and skills. And so based on that gap in the education and workforce system, he heightened onto that experience and really wanted to take that and roll with that concept in a way that allowed him to partner with key players in the field. The Search Institute uh, to align with the 40 developmental assets that are those key nutrients children need to live a, a successful life. And he partnered with local schools to align our curriculum with common core educational standards and with boys and girls clubs and junior achievement. And so what started in Houston with about 2,500 kids is now in 99 cities and soon to be 105, Wow, which is incredible. Yeah, it's a lot of growth. I mean, just since I first learned about Lemonade Day a few years ago, it's, it just keeps on ticking along. Talk to me about that curriculum. Like what is... What does that look like? I mean, it builds towards this lemonade day. We'll talk about that in a second. But what does that curriculum, that interim period really look like? That is those basic tenets that anyone needs to set a plan in life, business or personal, where you set a goal, you make a plan, and you work the plan. And that's around a three-pronged approach where we teach children how to spend money on themselves after they've worked hard have a goal where you want to treat yourself, but also save for the future, open a bank account and realize the importance of investing in yourself, but also and the importance of investing in your community by sharing some with the charity of your choice. I love that that last piece. We love getting the uh, charitable givers started early. We think that's really important right? around here. Uh, right. So we're committed. We're, it, we're teaching kids capitalism isn't a bad word. You got to work hard for your money and treat yourself, but yet at the same time, be good stewards of your, of your resources and be a part of something bigger than yourself. Yeah, it's funny how all those evil, evil capitalists seem to be giving a lot of money away to uh, support causes like that. Isn't that funny? Exactly. <laughs> so if I recall correctly, back in the day, there used to be this kind of single lemonade day, like April 25th would be the lemonade day for everybody. And every one of these 99 communities be working towards that. I think that has changed. Am I right? What does that look like? You know, the, the name is called Lemonade Day for a reason. What does that Lemonade Day look like now? So the day is the day that works for the individual parent and child. You are correct. Our original business model was through licensing our program to individual cities which has allowed us to scale our impact to where we are today, where we've worked with over 400 schools, 100 boys and girls clubs and YMCAs, big brothers, big sisters, where we work those natural pathways to engage children. And we empower boots on the ground. We work with an anchoring organization that holds the license to our program and helps help them build these multi-sector partnerships with local government, parks, schools, chambers, all so that we can take kids through this experience and it culminates on a single day where they bring their business to life. 
And that was very advantageous in the beginning because it gave those exclusive rights to that organization to market fundraising and to promote this to the local media under the umbrella of Lemonade Day and a drive traffic to support youth businesses on that single day where you are really connecting youth with their community to essentially paint the town yellow. But now, because of this very cool animated interactive digital platform that we have called the My Lemonade Day app, that technology is allowing us to scale our impact in a really unique way. We now can go direct to our consumers and to our customers. So we can operate through a local chapter, but yet we can also operate in a different manner to go to a, a small group, say in a tribal community, or a single Sunday school teacher that wants to deliver this, or a parent that just wants to operate in their household. Through this technology, we now have that ability. And it creates a new revenue source for, for Lemonade Day, because while the learning content will always remain free, through the technology, we can create some in-app purchase experiences to unlock a deeper journey for children while creating another revenue source for the company to diversify our own funding. So it can really be anytime, anywhere, one person, a whole community. Lemonade Day is more than just a day. That's great. Okay. And and you continue to expand your partnership roster. We were talking before we hit record uh, that you're actually now partnering with uh, Communio, who was featured way back, I think, in episode four of the Giving Ventures podcast, uh, and my friend JP DeGantz running that. Talk to us about some of these partnerships that are helping continue to expand this. Yes. So groups like Communio and Classical Conversations, which is another homeschool group that JP has his, his own children in, and groups like OutSchool, that has an amazing access to other homeschool groups and parents. And PragerU is another example where we now have these unique strategic partnerships that have the trust of their parents and their children where we can deliver the program through them. That's neat. That certainly uh, helps expand the reach, I'm sure, and, and brings this content to a lot more folks. So how do you measure success of this? I mean, how do you know that this is working? You've been around for, you know, a, a while now, since 2007. So I imagine you've established some kind of track record to know that this works and that works. You've innovated, et cetera. So yeah, absolutely. Well, just like all organizations, especially those serving youth, we do a, a slew of things between pre and post test surveying of the mentors and the parents that are experiencing this with their children and with their students. And then, of course, our board chairman, Joe Daly, is a senior partner of Gallup that speaks our love language around measuring impact and, and measuring those KPIs. And so we've been able to align our, our data with Gallup data to kind of compare what Lemonade Day children are experiencing versus, versus their non-participating peers. And we are seeing our kids 93% increase in communication skills, confidence, self-esteem, three times the rate our Lemonade Day kids are hosting businesses more than their non-participating peers. And so we're able to leverage the data that Gallup collects and compare that against our own kiddos to show that there is a vast rise in awareness of their own aptitudes and harnessing that light because we focus on kindergarten through eighth grade students for a reason, because that's those critical years in development when the hard wiring is being set in our children. 
And when their light and that energy that they have is still strong, we harness that so that we can help get them at a young age and teach them in a way that's more proactive versus reactive. That's really neat. I, I wish back when my sister and I had done a lemonade stand uh, so many years ago, we'd had some of these tools available. We probably would have been able to make a, a few more dollars than we did. So It's unfortunate. It's unfortunate that high school is, for the most part, if you're that fortunate, high school is the first time that typically introduces concepts around financial literacy or even career exploration. That whole, whole question of what do you want to be when you grow up? typically isn't introduced into your life until much later. And if you get your kids at an early age, they can have the experience of exploring career paths. I mean, Lemonade Day is just a start, right? If kids can go on and market a lemonade business, fantastic. We have some rock star kiddos that are actually selling their products in HEBs, Whole Foods, Target. But for the most part, our kids use this as that stepping stone to something bigger and better but it gives them the opportunity to think and get creative and innovate. You can never find out if you're an entrepreneur, if you don't have the door open for you a little bit. Uh, so that's great. And Nicole and everything you guys are doing at Lemonade Day is so awesome. And I uh, appreciate you talking to us. Thank you so much for having me. With our next guest, we get three projects in one, maybe even more, depending on the day. Connor Boyack is a terrific social entrepreneur. He founded the Libertas Institute in Utah, a hardworking, success-laden state think tank. Uh, he is the author of the very successful Tuttle Twin books and that whole franchise, which we'll talk about just a little bit. And he also started the Children's Entrepreneurship Market, which is now expanding even beyond Utah. So Connor, since this episode is centered on that idea of entrepreneurship and how we spark it, let's start there. Give us a picture of what the children's entrepreneurship market's doing? For us, this all started about six years ago. We saw one summer all these headlines of little kids' lemonade stands getting shut down across the country. I think it was like 2015 or 16, and there was this summer where all these headlines were emerging. Country Time Lemonade even did a whole thing out of it where they created this like legal defense fund for little kids whose lemonade stands were getting shut down. So we went to our legislature and we uh, got them to pass a law, became the first of its kind in the whole country, that says that if you're a minor, you do not need any license, any permit, no taxes, no nothing. It's a literal free market for kids because in theory, they're all required in every other state to get a business license or a food handler's permit if they're selling you know, mom's cookies or whatever. So we've since helped other states pass similar laws. But after we passed that law in Utah, we thought, hey, let's celebrate this. Let's do something fun. So we launched the children's entrepreneur market. This is basically like a farmer's market, but it's run entirely by the kids. So mom and dad can help set up. They take down, but the kids are doing the business plan. They're organizing. They're setting the price. They're interacting with the customers. We've now done this for six years, um, and now we're kind of uh, scaling in the, in the future. So it's just been a really fun project to help kids learn about and practice entrepreneurship. And is the market a project of the Libertas Institute or is it its own standalone organization? Yeah, so Libertas has like two divisions. We've got our policy side, like a traditional think tank. And then we've got our whole educational side where we have the Tuttle Twins, the children's market. So those are just outward facing brands for Libertas Institute and everything is run through our main 501c3. Got it. Um all right, so back to the market itself. Now we've got the technical piece nailed down. So what kind of support are you giving 
to these kids? I mean, if mom and dad aren't doing anything, I imagine you're giving them some kind of lesson plan or how do you help them get to the point where they can actually open something? Yeah, a lot of this is a very family centric program. There are various uh, programs out there that do things in the schools. Uh, ours is we want mom and dad involved. We think that's when you have families involved, you're going to get more retention. You're going to get ongoing application of the lessons that you're teaching. So we do provide, you know, books and curriculum, and it's very integrated with the Tuttle Twins, really trying to help them learn not just like finances, but economic theory. I mean, we have a whole free market curriculum for kids um, to learn about, you know, the economic way of thinking and, and how to understand how the world works. So we're leaning into that a little bit more. We're hoping in the future to build out even more kind of curriculum and, and business plan type of support. Uh, but really, it's just all centered around this market experience. Three hours on a Saturday morning, kids make on average like $60. And uh, we let the profit motive be the, the primary teacher because when these kids see how well the, the traditional lemonade stand, you spend 90% of your time flagging cars down and hoping someone will stop. Our markets, we bring like over a thousand people from the public. So it's nonstop foot traffic. So these kids are just hustling the entire time, make a lot of money. That becomes the greatest teacher more than if we sit them down and have them do a little lesson beforehand. Gotcha. So you create a little mall and they each child or, or a couple of kids has their own kind of store in yep. that mall. That's right. Got it. So talk to me about the success. I mean, what have you seen and how, how long, tell me again, how long you've been doing this? So this is our sixth year. Um, we've had a bunch of businesses spring out of this. Uh, for example, we have one family, they sold uh, shelf stable cotton candy, like cotton candy in a tub and uh, it's called floss cotton candy. Now they're in grocery stores all over the country. They really like leaned into this, turned this into a business. We've got kids who've kind of paid for part of college or going on a service project or all kinds of stuff. Uh, we've given out scholarships. We've really tried to build this out as a program just in Utah. But after doing this for a few years and hearing from our you know, friends and supporters in other states that were like, hey, why don't we have something like this here? That's what's led us now to want to scale this into a, a national brand. Yeah, let's talk about that. Talk to me about what the expansion looks like. And, and, and part and parcel to that, you know, you mentioned how you passed a law there in Utah, which I don't think was one of the worst offenders of some of the, the lemonade right. shutdown stuff, but you passed a law there. Uh, so I'm interested in that and how you're expanding that legislative side. And then how are you expanding the market into other states? So take that however you want. Yeah. So this year, 2023, we're going to be expanding to six new states. Uh, and the states we're expanding to are the ones that either independently or through our help, they've passed somewhat of a similar lemonade stand law. So there's at least some kind of protection for kids. Utah's the gold standard. It applies to any business, anything. Most other states, they do a traditional lemonade stand law and it applies just to beverages. So the moment you sell brownies, the crushing weight of the state comes upon you and you have to get all these permission slips. Nonetheless, That's probably a good idea in a state like Colorado. So Yeah, exactly. Right. If you're selling brownies on the street. Right. <laughs> Colorado is one of the states that has a lemonade stand law. So we're expanding there to Texas, uh, Tennessee, uh, Arizona, Michigan, and uh, I believe Pennsylvania was the other one. So, But the plan is we want to take this nationally and not every state has laws like this. So it's going to be a bit of intentional dis civil disobedience where we're going to go into these other states in the years moving ahead that don't have any kind of legal protections, we're not going to require kids or even tell them to go get business licenses or food handlers permits. What will happen is if there is any backlash, if there is any penalty or problem, we'll go work with the local think tank or other civic groups to then go change the law 
And so if anything, we're kind of inviting that type of conflict because when you come after these little eight-year-old cute kids that aren't causing anyone any harm, it just creates a great opportunity to go back to the legislature and say, hey, let's fix this. Yeah, I was going to ask if you were partnering with some of the other think tanks in these different states, Beacon in Tennessee or uh, Commonwealth in Pennsylvania, et cetera. Yeah, uh, I, I partnered probably isn't the right word, but we're definitely in communication. Before we uh, moved into these states, we're like, hey, guys, just letting you know, we're kind of coming if you want to be helpful. You know, we hire a market manager in each state that we expand to. And so some of the groups are willing to kind of share that through their network or promote the markets once we launch them. So we definitely want to be friendly. We, we don't, well, don't want to encroach on anyone's territory necessarily, but all the groups have been great so far. And they say, hey, this is really cool. We love to see it. So we're we're excited to expand. And what's it cost from Libertas' perspective to put on one of these things? Well, to enter a new state costs us about one hundred and sixty thousand. Uh, those are, pr- you know, primarily just upfront costs. We've got to hire someone, train them. We've got to go build a lot of relationships, do some initial marketing, and those costs really plummet over time. Especially because the we have booth fees of like you know ten or fifteen bucks. We sell little T-shirts and all kinds of stuff. So a lot of those ongoing um, expenses are offset by the little amount of revenue we're able to generate. And so, like with the Tuttle Twins, our model is initial philanthropic investment to kind of produce a book in the case of Tuttle Twins or launch a market in the case of the market. And then that creates a kind of a sustainability opportunity where we're able to generate some revenue moving forward. Got it. Um, and and I will, you've brought up the Tuttle Twins. I want to move on to that. But real quick, how many times are these kids doing this? Is it one and done? Yeah. In Utah last year, to give you an example, we had 30 markets in a single year spread throughout the state. So we have a lot of families who will go to two, three, five. We have some kids who go to, uh, you know, like a dozen because this becomes a great opportunity for them to get in front of a lot of customers. So the the repeat um, market experience is something we definitely want to do. And in these new states that we're expanding to, we're starting with like five to 10 markets the first year, just because these new market managers have to get their feet wet. But then the goal is in subsequent years that we you know start expanding the number of markets so that these kids can have multiple opportunities. All right. So you write these great Tuttle Twin books, which you've alluded to. And for those who haven't seen them, they, they essentially retell important books from the canon of free market thought, Bastiat's The Law, Atlas Shrugged, The Road to Serfdom. Uh, you just did Jordan Peterson's 12 Rules for Life. And you do it in a way that's actually digestible to, well, frankly, to, to my elementary school age girls uh, and that kind of target market. We could do a whole separate interview on that project. Maybe one day we will. But briefly, how do the Tuttle Twins fit into this effort to expand entrepreneurship? Well, our struggle as think tanks and and civic groups is always that we're trying to reach adults or maybe young people. But by then, their worldview is often very set. uh, And and so it's very difficult to get someone to change their mind or their behavior or think entrepreneurially, let alone act entrepreneurially, if they don't have that upbringing, if they haven't been exposed at a young age. So for us, the Tuttle Twins is really an opportunity to reach the rising generation um, through their parents, through schools as well, and say, here are some ideas about how the world works. Here are some opportunities of what you know direction your life can take. And we found that the younger that we can reach these kids, it really results in kind of a, a different direction later in their life. They become far more curious about these ideas. They do want to engage with the children's market. They do want to, later, we've got kids going into internships at some of our think tanks who kind of got their start of curiosity and got the freedom bug, you might say, by reading the Tuttle Twins. And I will add briefly that what we've found as well 
here I'm running a think tank, trying to educate voters, trying to educate adults. I have found no better way to educate adults about the philosophy of freedom than to give them a children's book. <laughs> if I give the average mom or dad economics in one lesson, ain't no way they're reading it. Like maybe sub 1% would actually read it. But if I say, hey, would it be important for you to help your kids understand, you know, entrepreneurship or economics? Oh, yeah. And so they the barrier comes down, right? They read the, the book with their kids. They're learning along the way. And I can't tell you how many parents tell us they're learning things for the first time in the Tuttle Twins that they were never taught before, maybe never understood. So to us, it's a big value add to teach entrepreneurship, but broader kind of economic theory to entire families. Well, Connor, I think the stuff you all do at Libertas with all these different arms and tentacles from getting good laws passed, you just got a big ESA, Education Savings Account law passed in Utah this year, working with some other groups there. I mean, that's phenomenal stuff, but to teach this side of it as well and kind of really create this whole person uh, out of all of your work, it's just phenomenal. So Connor, thank you for all you're doing. You're welcome. And thank you, Peter. Appreciate it. Well, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably think, as I do, that we can't wait for the state to come up with the next great innovation. We need new ideas from new risk takers, new visionaries. And as much as we tell our kids they can be anything they want, they still need to be equipped with the tools and the mental models to take risks and explore and try new things to build those entrepreneurial muscles. The more kids exposed to the opportunities offered by Lemonade Day and the children's entrepreneurship market, or who might just flip through a Tuttle Twins book, well, the better off we'll all be going into the future. We have links to these projects in the show notes, and if you're really fired up, then email me at tellmemore at donorstrust.org so I can connect you to these leaders. You can email me at that same address with any feedback you have. We are always delighted to hear from you, hear ideas of what you'd like to hear about, how we can continue to improve, etc. Well, that is it for this episode, but we have some really terrific stuff coming up in the next few weeks. Make sure you are subscribed so you get those shows directly into your podcast feed. And until next time, thank you for being a giver. Let's talk more soon. Thank you.